Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and with all the crazy changes in the wrestling business these days, here's three things that you still will never see on the WWE Network. Bring it to the table with Jimmy Valiant and the Rock and Roll Express. A very special episode of Talking Smack with the Iron Sheik, Perry Saturn, and Jake Roberts. And of course, the unaired pilot episode of Ride Along with Jimmy Snucker. I'm Old Man Jones, and in honour of the new president, I'm determined to put old wrestling fans first. Now, where's my kidney mush? And I'm Kieran O'Rourke. And this week, I have been mostly having a problem with Roman Reigns. Two things, big dog. One, you're not that big. And two, you're not a dog. You know why? Because I like dogs, and I don't like you. This is the panel for episode 110 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio, and you can hear us discuss wrestlers that you hated but turned the corner on next. Step up, Welcome to episode 110 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones, Turn out the Mac, and Kieran O'Rourke, grabbing that pussy Donald. And on that high note, uh, we're here with the award winning Squared Circle Gazette Radio two time podcast of the year, honest. Uh, are back. You voted. Are back this week to talk about guys that you turned a corner on, individuals or acts that, uh, of course, you were not too high on once upon a time, but you developed an affinity for. This is a, a topic, random topic that was uh, suggested by longtime listener Carl Dixon. Uh, we have, of course, previously done a show uh, called The Bloom is Off the Rose, where we talked about guys you once did like but fell out of favour with us that you can go back and listen to at squaredcirclegazette.com when we archive every show we've ever done. Uh, before we get to this, though, just a little bit of housekeeping and uh, some programming notes for next week. Uh, you can, of course, if this is your first time listening to us, subscribe to us on iTunes by uh, searching for Squared Circle Gazette Radio. And uh, next week, we will be back talking NXT TakeOver San Antonio and the 2017 Royal Rumble. And uh, you can leave your feedback on those two shows on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash scgradio. And uh, if you leave your feedback there, we'll be reading it on the air next week. Uh, but of course, now, uh, guys, you turned a corner on. So just before we get started, Lim, just so we're clear. Yeah. When you meant guys we turned the corner on. Yes. You were referring to wrestlers and the, the way our opinions changed. Yes. Not Grinder. No. Oh. I'll just delete that. <laughs> Off you go, Carl. You're all about the research, aren't you, Carl? No, the strictly research. Strictly research. Uh, let's get to our first nomination here. Uh, Harmonic Generator on the UK fan forum with one that I loved that uh, I'm very happy that it came up. The obvious choice, he says, is Mark Henry. The UK fan forum is the bastion of menry love, and long may it continue. But in a world outside of here, you'd be hard-pressed to find Mizark fans. It was this place that made me realise the greatness of the wig splitter. Uh, something fantastic had been brewing in 1998. You've seen it yourselves on the timelines, and it took the Hall of Pain to finally unleash it. It should not be forgotten. Colin Bollocks on the UK fan form says, Mark Henry during his peak Hall of Fame run is maybe the most incredible transformation I've seen. I stopped watching wrestling altogether in about 2003, and at this point, Henry was very much a mid-card bum without those internet points that were vital back then for me. Anyway, fast forward a few years, and here's old sexual chocolate, 
Captain Shit Sandwich himself, and he somehow transformed himself into the best heel and arguably worker in the WWE. Some folk always scoff and I call Henry a great worker back then, but everything about his entire work was on point. He was, he was always about playing the gimmick rather than getting some moves in. Uh, he played the part of an angry, big, cock-ripping, world's strongest man perfectly. Showed some arse when he had to, but made sure to keep himself looking end-game boss strong in the process. Henry went uh, from a bit of a joke and a bore to legit as fuck. It seemed to catch on too before injuries derailed him. If I recall correctly, SmackDown ratings were on the up when he was having his run with a belt, during which he was doing wonders for Daniel Bryan, which even Bryan admits. Of course, his masterpiece is that retirement promo. I think there are only a couple of promos in the last eight years that have come close, but it's an incredible performance from Henry. I think he had everyone that night. Again, shame his body started betraying him just as everything clicked. Car bomb on the UK fan form, uh, another one for the wig splitter here. I can actually pinpoint when I started rating Mark Henry, and that was the Smackdown Battle Royal from 2005, when he just came in to obliterate everyone and looked like a mass murderer. Angle won the match, but Mizark was booked as a killer, and it made Angle look ripe for another title run. Also, it was roughly around the time that Henry started really smashing down the world's strongest slam like he was really trying to pulverise his opponents, whereas before, he just dropped them like he couldn't be bothered. Uh, Marrow on the F4W board says, Mark Henry had go-away heat for the first decade of his career. Besides being big and thick, he brought nothing to the table, yet would be repackaged, retooled, and repushed over and over, and never got over. WWE even tried to make him uh, quit out of his multi-year contract by putting him in the most embarrassing skits imaginable as sexual chocolate. I started turning the corner on Mark during his 2008 ECW title run and pairing with Tony Atlas. He worked well with everyone as the resident heel monster, had sneakily developed a Scott Steiner-like explosive charisma, and looked and felt like the star he should have been a decade prior. The Hall of Pain run made best use of these new veteran instincts, and he had a well-deserved run and fun world heavyweight title reign, and fought through a knee injury to deliver a TV Match of the Year contender, with CM Punk on the Raw after WrestleMania 28. Henry remains a sentimental favourite for me, and I still enjoy his rare appearances. To go from basically hating the guy to loving him speaks volumes about how much he's matured and improved over the years. So there's the first one on the table, fellas. Mark Henry. Well, let's just say this, and it's not just because they voted us Podcast of the Year for the second year running. No, no. The Bastion are right, and the rest of the world are wrong. (laughs) Mark Henry is excellent. Absolutely wonderful. A fine specimen of a man. (laughs) So physically imposing the way the camera showed, you know, between the shoulder blades showed just how how dominant this man could be. <laughs> just how just how forceful he was being just showed emphasized how glorious the Hall of Pain truly was. But the man wasn't just seriousness all the time. No. He he could be smiles and sunshine. He had a comedic timing that was second to none. And his sidekick Delo just just <laughs> helped helped accentuate that the comedic timing and the positives that were the real sexual chocolate not randy watson that's right you know it i know it the bastion knows it it's ms ark henry come on Kieran, let's hear your thoughts on mark i'm just wondering if you've been on the old fucking opium pipe or something carl because you're very chipper um <laughs> obviously yeah you know everyone loves the hall of pain who'd have thunk that mark henry would play a, a stellar angry black man <laughs> but lo and behold marvellous um, he's great the great attitude the, the one liners he would come out with yeah. during that period of time the one big show that always gets references the uh, if I charge for air you better keep your bills paid 
Yeah, which I love. You see on SmackDown where he takes the stagehand and throws him over the over the side. You just see his arms and legs flailing as he as he falls. Great stuff from uh, Mark Henry. The Hall of Pain run, obviously the peak. Yeah, I mean, I said the only downside is he was in Mikard Purgatory for yeah ten years. Um, but yeah, but yeah, he I don't know, was he. We've yeah up until the Hall of Pain we've. He kind of slept on Mark Henry, maybe, because that 98 stuff was... He was so entertaining. Yeah, he was. Um, but that was the first good thing he'd done. It was, but... And also, i got to say as well, there were those periods where he'd be gone for a long time, come back, and there would be, like, no real tangible sign of improvement. And yeah. he was just there for ages. And the funny thing was, they, they signed that 10-year deal. And I remember in 2006 when the deal was finally up <laughs> and they re-signed him anyway. And people like, oh, my God, will this guy yeah. not go? No, it's, it's things like... Yeah, we we'd all find sexual chocolate really funny, but then like you say, like he'd go away, but he'd come back and they do like the brand split, and it'd be the feats of strength backstage. It was all just very flat and mm. or the Teddy Long Association. Yeah, yeah, not particularly entertaining in the slightest. But you know, he grew from that. He was just miscast for all those years, and when when he found the right role, he was wonderful in it. I, I think mean, he had to grow yeah, into it. I think. I mean, yeah, but um, but you know, he could tug at the heartstrings as well. The, the, the email I referenced there. Who didn't shed a tear during that retirement speech? I know I did. <laughs> I, sh- I shed many tears. And then when he <laughs> slammed John Cena, I jumped out of my seat. All the while thinking, what a snappy dresser this Mark Henry is. <laughs> it's like, okay, so he, he always had some kind of charisma. Though, he did. But yeah, definitely he, he found himself um, just comfort. In, in himself in the locker room in his job uh, just in life but yeah when when he found himself and he got got down on music wasn't that him. the deal I think that the, there was something going on where I remember this, it was like he got drafted to Smackdown but there was an episode of Raw where I think he was supposed to go out there for a dark match or something like that and they just left him out there as a rib and Henry was like furious and he came back throwing shit and was absolutely livid and that's what won Vince over and Vince like be that and that's what started the Hall of Pain thing, apparently. Yeah, he was just this, he seems like this kind of carefree, chipper guy when he was younger, especially, you know, 98, 96, 98 time. So, yeah, it made need time to mature, find himself, and a uh, bit of bit of a black man angst goes a long way. <laughs> and I do, I do think that... Uh, I, I, I am sad, and I, I share the sentiments there about the injuries, because it was, it was that period where the Hall of Pain run was going so well. And then he, he got injured and he lost the belt. He had to lose the belt to Big Show, who then lost it to Daniel Bryan. It, it was like... It just got completely cut off, and it never reached the same level again for, for Henry. So that was kind of sad. And that was like four or five years ago now, so it's kind of crazy to think. But uh, uh, let's move on here to another candidate here. Steve Rich on the Facebook page. Air Raid, who we haven't heard from in a while. Welcome back. Says Chris Masters is his uh, nomination here. For virtually his entire first run in WWE, up until his wellness holiday, I considered him <laughs> a bland, limited muscle head capable of nothing worth watching. Miracle with Shawn Michaels at Unforgiven 2005 aside. Uh, several years passed and while I hear from others he'd had some decent matches on Superstars I hadn't seen them I mean come on even if you hadn't given up on Raw and Smackdown who the fuck watches Superstars in 2013 I went to an import heavy PCW weekender and was amazed how engaging he was as a fiery babyface Moreover, on the second night, he had a truly compelling match with Chris Travis. Over the course of the next 12 months, Masters became one of my favourite guys to watch live, and I was gobsmacked that he didn't head to New Japan, considering some of the much shittier US-based guys that were getting booked over there, and that his mate Shelton Benjamin couldn't have put a good word in for him. Uh, later on, Masters turned heel in PCW, and was even better as a smug dickhead. 
The guy can have great matches in either role with a variety of style of opponents, and considering that the rhinos and headbangers of the world have had shots in WWE in the last year or so, I'm disappointed that a hand like the Masterpiece isn't currently plying his trade to an international audience. He's a fuckton better than people remember. So, the Masterpiece gets a nomination here, and I kind of, I echo it in the sense, I actually, I never hated Masters. I always kind of got a kick out of him as like the jock meathead guy. Yeah, it, in that sense, it, he, he, you know, he, he fits that role very well, but but I don't see, I don't really see much beyond that, if I'm honest. I mean, he, was, he was never, he was never terrible. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that much for him. And, and there were... There were signs of improvement, maybe not so much as CM Punk suggested, but uh, but there were signs of improvement nonetheless. That being said, you're not on board. I can tell I'm, on your face. I'm I'm not on board with this, and I'm afraid I, you know, it's 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 good to hear air raids back on the emails, but uh, I can't endorse this one. And part of it is too that obviously he's seen him live on these shows in the UK, which we which, haven't. Which we haven't. So no, we, no, we that's, have, that's true. We haven't been exposed that's to fair. the latest of Masters, so uh, then that's part of the uh, part of the trouble here. But yeah, like I said, I was never I was never anti Masters. To me, he came along at that 2005 2006 period where, again, and, and I know this is funny considering who we we're just talking about, but the the world was clogged with the Heidenreichs and the Snitskys oh, and the Mark God, Henrys yeah. and the Great Carlys. Yeah, it's like, to be honest, Masters didn't bother me that much. He, like he wasn't pushed down people's throats. He was always kept in check. I thought the match he had with Michaels was a, a great effort from Sean to get a good match out of Masters at that that early in his in his career. And again, he was really young when he came in. Masters was he was a yeah. kid basically. I mean, so I suppose the one area I'd, I'd, with Air Aid there is is the sense of if if he's improved as much as as much as he suggests in the email, when you consider some of the dross that has been brought back. Such as the headbangers, yeah. It's surprising in that sense then that he hasn't been been given another go because, God knows, the rosters are pretty damn weak, yeah. especially when you got three hours of raw to fill every week. <laughs> and we could all use that Chris Masters pep dance thing that he did that time to a that crazy was, train. Yeah, that that was funny. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, um, kind of like you, Lim. Never, never really offended me, and I've never really. Loved him either. Loved him. He's like, yeah, if, if it's a scale of one to ten on like likability. He's Weetabix. He was f- four at worst, six at best. <laughs> so Dead middle for you. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, a couple of good ones here. Mark Fox on the Facebook page says, I was going to mention Ed Leslie, but I mentioned he goes without saying. Can you remember the time we all held him in low regard? You know, when he was off TV with Paraglider's chin? We all... <laughs> <laughs> we all thought he was just pretending and was just on a big holiday or something but then he came back wearing an ultimate warrior mask got out of a birthday party doggy bag and shot right back up the ladder of regard <laughs> I think this is in jest fellas <laughs> I, one can only assume the brain follow on pro wrestling only suggests Ronnie Garvin as a kid, I only knew his WWF run, and one excellent match with Greg Valentine, Greg Valentine didn't take away the fact that I thought he was a short, boring guy whose best promo moment, SummerSlam 89, was one of the most incompetent performances ever. His rep in my days reading Scott Keith as an awful NWA champ didn't help. I turned around on him about 10 years ago, starting with seeing the Cage match versus Macho Man on YouTube. Uh, since then, I've really come to appreciate him a lot more, though I wouldn't say he's one of my favourites. And Joe Von Kramer on Pro Wrestling Only, see above. So, uh, yes, Ryan Garvin, uh, Rick Morris's favourite. I, I was, was, was going to say, is that Rick Morris emailing in under an assumed, an assumed name? name? I know that Ronnie Garvin was huge at Valley Forge High School, Rick. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. If, uh, having said that, because I, I feel the same. When you watch him in the WWF and he's getting squashed by Mr. Perfect on SummerSlam Fever. Oh, <laughs> and the Garvin Stomp. The Garvin Stomp, your favourite dance move, Carl. Oh, it is indeed. Well, yeah, well, yeah, just above the sprinkler dance. But if you, if you 
see and I can kind of empathise because another guy that falls in this category for me is Sergeant Slaughter where when you watch him from that uh, the, the, the WWF run and you're like why and then you actually go back and watch him in their element it's like Sergeant Mid-Atlantic is that dick bully heel was so much better than I ever gave him credit for and Ronnie Garvin's kind of similar when you go back and watch his stuff and granted he's in there with great guys but there's a match in like May of 86 with Tully Blanchard that's fantastic there's like, yeah, him, the, the title win over Flair is great there's a studio mm-hmm. match in December of 85 with Flair which is uh, working out your way to see a very intense battle so it's I mean, kind of I, I kind of empathise with this one in terms of the more you see especially you know, at his best yeah it does, it does skew your perspective the Blanchard match that that was that was very good I, I did enjoy that match I'll, uh, I'll hat tip to you there on that one um, I, I see the point and I, I do agree when, when you when you do the contrast between his WWF run where he's wrestling the likes of Dino Bravo one of the Wrestlemanias I forget which one though. five five there we go you know, I think Frenchie Martin's still lingering around at that point um, and then you compare it with with his um, his run he, he he does come across an awful lot better um, with his earlier work. Uh, that being said, e- even then, his promos aren't the best ever. If, yeah. if you're a promo guy, Ronnie Garvin is not for you. No, and, but but even then, I'm I'm probably falling somewhere in it within the realms of uh, of Kieran's sort of Chris Masters scale. You know, as a comparison, you know, the four to six range, the, the four to six, you know, fair to middling. You know, but that's going to be a, a, a not, term not, on the show that we the four to six, the four to six the, range. The four to six. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably somewhere in that ballpark when it comes to Ronnie Garvin. I'm a little confused. So you're saying he was someone who turned the corner because you watch his older stuff late, later? Which is or funny. Or the bloomers off the rose. Exactly. Because if you watch it in order, it would be the bloomers right, off the rose. I'm, I'm like, I'm stuck on watching Pulp Fiction or something. <laughs> Inceptions I'm, all over the place. I'm bamboozled here. <laughs> We're very much presenting the non-linear narrative. Yeah. Indeed. Mr. E on the UK fan form says, maybe an odd choice, but Rusev for me. When he first showed up in NXT with a 2x4 and the loincloth, I thought it was total garbage and would skip his matches after a while. But his debut in the Rumble, his initial US title run, big feuds, promo skills, everything have been very awesome and he deserves a lot more than he gets right now. Noid on TPWW says, Rusev always got me down in the dumps. Another anachronistic foreign heel. I wasn't a big fan of the push. I know it's classic wrestling booking to send a guy on an undefeated streak, but I just didn't feel he was the guy for that push. It was about the time he came out in a tank at WrestleMania with the graphics displaying Rusev Crush that I decided there was something fun about this act. He got booked pretty shit after that. I was actually uh, for the US title change at WrestleMania. That's the way the story was supposed to go. I also liked that it was only with one attitude adjustment too. I like it when finishes actually end matches. I wasn't particularly stoked on him losing to Cena at the next two pay-per-views to drive the point home that Cena was absolutely 100% better on any given night, however. Uh, the stuff with Dolph Ziggler was awful too. I have a feeling a lot of this was the big reason that Dolph was put into the wrestling personalities room 101 uh, on the show that we did previously. Uh, a funny thing happened during this horseshit though. Like a blooper in Bulgarian porn. Interestingly enough, Rusev was genuinely entertaining in brief moments. Whether it was him informing Summer that the gift he was presenting her was a fish, or just by not being Dolph Ziggler in this feud, Rusev <laughs> shone like a gem. The League of Nations was depressing too, but by the way, the League of Nations was only one year ago. Remember that? That feels like it was a lifetime ago. <laughs> it was 
and the only memory I have left of it is Rusev running from the back and doing a dramatic jump. That lad really put the effort in. Little things like giving Vince a hug at the Royal Rumble after beating up Roman Reigns helped keep Rusev's head above water and made him look bulletproof. I now wish that he was booked better. And a stro on Pro Wrestling Only also says Rusev is the biggest turnaround I've had on the guy in years. It took until around the time he and Biggie had those super short hoss battles that I realised I was wrong about him going in and that he was a pretty tremendous performer. And since then he's only gotten better and better. He's really as close to as good a total package as WWE has. He's able to shine no matter how much dog shit he's covered in. And he's been booked in nothing but shit for two years now. He's genuinely hilarious on the mic, excellent in the ring with great attention to selling details. He has an amazing face turn in him, I have no doubts. So, Rusev and Carl, I want your thoughts on this first because I am going to go back, unfortunately, and throw you under the bus for episode two of this very podcast when we had a roster-cutting show walking through the entire roster and what we do with them and you hated the Rusev act and it's a... Uh, formative stages so much that you said that you'd been him off and look at him now well I would never admit to being wrong but I will accept that I was partially incorrect I I shared I think many people's reservations you weren't the only one when when, when Rusev debuted but uh, I will say it didn't take him very long to uh, to convince me otherwise I uh, Rusev grew on me pretty quickly and by the time we're reaching that stage where he's coming out on the tank at Mania I am completely sold. Absolutely sold on him. 100%. Whether it's maniacally waving the flag or with belt in hand doing his fist bump in the air in celebration. <laughs> it, it was just absolutely fantastic. And even even the Ziggler stuff. And there are many reasons I dislike Dolph Ziggler. Not just that uh, that one storyline. Rusev, at least, you know... it's it, Think of it. Rusev was like the flower... It's shit all across the ring, but the flower of Rusev is able to sprout out and rise above it all. He he's been he 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 is. Rusev is absolutely brilliant. He's, he's better. He's better in the ring than I ever thought he would be. That's not to say you know he's you know a wrestling machine, but or, or anything like that. But you know, I think he's he's far better than I ever thought he would be when he debuted. Um, and yeah, the, the League of Nations stuff. Oh, yeah, if you, yeah, as terrible as that is, the effort that Rusev puts in. You want to compare and contrast. You have Del Rio on the other side. It looks like he wants to be anywhere else, but Rusev is giving it the old college try. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, I hope to see a world title reign at some point. I'm not gonna hold. I'm not gonna hold my breath on it, but. Uh, but I think if anyone deserves it for some of the shit they've had to do over the last couple of years, I think it's him. I <laughs> don't think I've really ever had anything against him anyway, so that's not really a, a, not one for me. Um, as he came up, the act developed, and he, again, got, found himself and confidence and f- confidence in the character, and he's become a better performer. Um, yeah, the booking since he dropped the belt has been absolutely shocking. Um, it's like, was the League of Nations an apology for the Ziggler feud? So he's got no help. It's he's not too far away. From, I mean, he's it's the mid card WWE, so um, but he's different. He's special, and he, he's the Bulgarian George Clooney. And <laughs> nothing else needs to be said. The line on Raw about yeah, the big. Why you call big? Don't call me handsome. No one knows already. <laughs> handsome Rusev, yeah. Handsome Rusev. Handsome Alex Rusev. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Handsome Rusev. Hot summer. Oh, it's it's glorious. Indeed. Uh, th- th- these are like the the credits against his name for film titles. <laughs> Shishin KOPF on TPW uh, forum says Psycho Sid didn't like him much at first but after his match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 13 I thought he was the shit. (laughs) 
we got a couple, we got a couple of these this week. A more natural segue from Rusev. Someone else found their way to my opium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a natural segue from Rusev, I feel. G-Man on the UK fan forum says, uh, the Samoan bulldozer, Umaga, similar in uh, build-up to Rusev. Uh, first thoughts of him was an outdated stereotype. I enjoyed his manager and the over-the-top introduction. However, I believe he got the best match at the time out of John Cena. Shame we never got a long run out of Umaga. Yeah, I remember when they, um, when they debuted him and I... All I could think at the time was, thank God Joe's not there. Because <laughs> if he was, this would be him right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as as sort of hokey and as much of a character as the Samoan Savage was in the year 2006 was the debut, yep. am I right yep. thinking? Um, it, it was, you know, they still managed to make it fairly entertaining. And, and, in, and um, Umaga, or I think he was Jamal in Three Minute Warning. Yeah. He was never someone who was terrible in the ring in the first place, so yeah, it helped in that sense. And um, oh, I'm trying did, to remember did the stint in all Japan. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember the manager's name. Armando now. Alejandro Joe Estrada. Estrada. I, I was convinced <laughs> I was going to get it wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a um, dubi. <laughs> I liked Armando, but yeah, no, it was it was it was it was a nice addition to the it was act. A good and combo, it. Yeah. Yeah, and that. Um, with his hands Umar- to the cheeks <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Umaga Cena storyline was I remember thinking it was far better at the time than it had any right to be even at the time I thought yeah. that was a really well really good match might be a stretch no it was about the, the, uh, the one the so, Rumble was belted well match. it was the only good thing on that Rumble show oh yeah by some distance <laughs> no that was, that, was a gra- that was a great match I loved that match with Cena the last man standing mm. Yeah, um, and, actually, and he had a series with Jeff Hardy where, like, after the like, oh, over the IC, uh, IC title, uh, yeah, those matches were just consistently really, really damn good. And that was when it was just like, man, you can you can sense Jeff's momentum come, but damn, Umar is really good here. Yeah, well, it's, it's that nice sort of mix, isn't it? As well, because you have someone like Jeff who can who can ragdoll for him effectively. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to say I was dead set against him to begin with, because that might be a bit of an overstatement. But uh, a bit like. Rusev on a, on a smaller scale had some concerns, but uh, you know, was was happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, yeah, always always enjoyed him um, in the ring. I think he was yeah, he was really good in with Rosie, wasn't he as well? Yeah, yeah, um, was, team. Um, but that's the gimmick. The gimmick held him back for me. Totally all, did all the time. Um, and that's the one thing that I think you can say more to Rusev's credit than Umaga. Maybe it's just the, the gimmick in general. Yeah, the gimmick's more limiting. So yeah, but as I said, if you just humanize him a little bit, like he just. He's not a wild animal. He just doesn't speak the language. Uh, simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> Armando's the only man who speaks Samoan. Whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> durka durka. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that always held him back. But in ring, he was great. He's vicious. Uh, the he matches, just looked great. Yeah, fantastic. So um, it was just the gimmick. I never got over that though. I always thought that held him back for me. It did. Just in terms of taking it as a main eventer, he needs more of a human edge. Human. I agree. I agree completely. Um, Maluko on TPWW form with another one here says uh, Mark Mero. I've said this one before, but thought that both Johnny B. Bad and the Wild Man were awful and couldn't take him at all. But marvelous Mark was suddenly him. Loved the music, loved linking to his real life boxing career, loved the TKO, and loved how he healed it up and probably created the uh, single biggest female star of that or possibly any era in Sable. So uh, marvelous Mark gets a nomination here for someone who turned the corner. I did much prefer him as Johnny B. Bad. I yeah, completely opposite <laughs> for me. I was really excited when the 
the E had, or the F had signed Johnny Be Bad. Yeah. Ooh, what's this going to be? It's going to be sexy. Yeah, yeah. With, with these things, is it cool gear? And yeah, he tried. He was a try hard. Yeah, he tried a lot of uh, <laughs> you know wacky moves and stuff like that. But uh, I, I liked that as a kid, though. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, especially in that era, coming off the fucking big stale guys. But um, yeah, and I mean, I, I liked his character when he was marvelous. He was yeah. very entertaining at times. But I had no interest in seeing him on TV. No, none at all. It's like fuck off. I'm yeah, like, I, true, I need yeah. some more Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It always felt like, and actually, when he came back, it felt like he was struggling to get over until the Sable thing really clicked. And then obviously, he was great as the heel, stooging it up to put her over. But again, he felt supplemental to her. Again, the boxing gimmick. I, I know it wasn't a big crux of his act, and but then it's. It, it was almost become it was a joke that it was his gimmick yeah, and it's, it's, it's totally yeah. held him back the whole time again it's just, just sometimes you just tone it down tone it down guys yeah make it real real yeah I think we've we've pretty much got that, the hat trick around the table here the marvellous mark and the boxer gimmick feels the Steve Ball special as it's known in the trade what's that? well that will be oh <laughs> that will be lost on many of our listeners <laughs> um, but no, I yeah he had a, a few humorous moments towards the end of his run when when um, they really put in the spotlight on Sable. You know, I did get a little chuckle out the way he celebrated the mixed tag win at WrestleMania. Um, but you know, th- those moments are, are very very fleeting, and, and I had much more interest in him as as the Wild Man. Getting now to another one of the uh, obvious candidates, got many many nominations. SJ five five two says the Miz. I missed his first main event run, caught the arse end of his face run, and him as a lower card heel. Thought he was good for a segment or two for getting heat on whoever, but thought he was useless when it came to in-ring stuff. Probably because he came from Tough Enough and not Ring of Honor. How wrong was I? He's had an amazing 2016. Uh, Alex Wrightmark on the UK fan forum says, after a spell as WWE champion, he was definitely fast-forward material over the next few years for sure. From his face turn to dressing like Kylie Minogue circa I Can't Get You Out of My Head video. Uh, but over the last year, with a pairing of wife Maurice and an incredible IC title reign, which I never wanted to end The Miz is now one of the main reasons I watched Smackdown uh, Great promos from the lad He's having his best matches in his career And he even made me give a shit About his millionth feud with Dolph Ziggler Broken Anthony on uh, the UK, on uh, sorry TPWW forums says at first I didn't care about him as he struck me as one of those flash in the pan goofy gimmicks and I thought this guy will never make it. I started to like Miz when him and Morrison held the tag belts. His character really started to get my attention when feuding with DX, but I became a fan of Miz when he started the awesome gimmick and he's one of the best heels in the business in my view. Uh, Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says I never cared about him until he unleashed that promo on Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack. Uh, his work has been superb. Now granted, he does work a very simple, very safe style, but it works for his character and if they're going anywhere with this feud with Brian then the Miz is the ideal person to put him in the ring with yeah that's not going to happen uh, plus there's an excellent six year backstory to the feud uh, the one thing that really impresses me about him now is that he's the only heel in the company who actually wants to be a heel he's that guy from school who had all the best gear but was rubbish at everything <laughs> you want to see him lose and that's the main point of a heel and also he has Maurice with him which is another reason to hate him and uh, Lukeo on the F4W board says I couldn't bear to see the Miz on my screen from his debut up until 2016 the dude has turned it around and is now one of the best guys on Smackdown so Miz getting a lot of love and this is obviously a, a popular opinion yeah he, he deserves it definitely deserves he it he does for um, the shit that he's taken when he sucked <laughs> but at the same time I'm not sure is it, um, it this is his level this is his level that's it I, I just I couldn't stand the put. actually you know what it's probably people who liked him when he was the awesome 
main eventer. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> the people that bought into uh, yeah, he was just stuck. He's not at the level, and he's a detriment to the spot. But in an inoffensive mid card role, he's great. He's great. And hey, if he, if he improves in ring, then let's try. Maybe we try again. I'd rather not. I, th- I like. No, I think keeping him at this level, I think, I think yeah, feels right. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah, he's brings Maurice out so I, I, I appreciate that <laughs> I, I, I kind of I do agree with this one in general because I never you know, obviously when he came in in 2006 as the host of Smackdown no one's really uh, no, no one's longing for those days to be relived the team with Morrison I thought he, he felt like the weak link even when he got the push you know, that, that first big push I wasn't on board with him really at all at any point but I think that again and it, it seems like I'm echoing the thoughts of the uh, of the loyal listeners here but 2016 was a great year for Miz I thought, I thought the, the, the stick with him and Maurice together has been great him as the cowardly chicken shit heel who does need his wife and uses his wife to, 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 to kind of get ahead and yeah, and having the five in the passionate promos with Daniel Bryan I think that's brought something out of him too and uh, yeah I'm a big fan so uh, this is probably the only time I'm going to say this but um, this is where we need G here to uh, give give the res- <laughs> give, give the opinion of a fan who loved the awesome loved the stuff, mi- loved yeah. the Miz. Yeah, he I, really I don't did. know. I, he went off him, didn't I? I'm not sure where he stands on him now. Um, I'm, I'm We've talked about like G. Let's move on. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I think I'm going to be somewhat contrarian here. Uh, I think, like, like everyone else, for the vast majority of his run, I've never cared about him. Think he was impossibly well. Potentially the worst WrestleMania main event I've ever seen. There can be there can be some debate on that. There's been a few stinkers over the years. I'm I'm not trying to say it's a slam dunk by any means, but it's uh, close. Though. But it's in the discussion. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think there's been some overstatements in in some quarters when it comes to the Miz. For example, his mic work has been excellent. I'm not going to dispute that for a second. But it was still was never enough to make me care one jot about the Dolph Ziggler feud. I never cared about that for a single second. And I thought the way people talked about the matches were, were chronically overrated. I never thought they were that good or that dramatic as, as you know. Not to say they're terrible by any means, but sort of the pedestal that I heard some people put them on, I, I thought was ridiculous. Hmm. Um his, his act in general with, with Maurice is excellent. Fantastic. It's excellent. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that at all. And and more more of the promo stuff, by all means, you know, I, I could listen to that all the time on SmackDown. But I still, I still have those moments where the bell goes and I'm watching and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I've got no interest in this now. I'm going to fast forward. Got those Daniel Bryan kicks on the go and they look like shit. And they look, still, and it looks like shit. Actually, there's a video that was know. posted on like Facebook or something this week of him and his mm. wife in kickboxing, and, and Maurice has significantly better kicks than the Miz does. It's am, hysterical. I am not shocked to hear that. You know, it was, I suppose I'm sort of. It's a bit of a mixed bag for me. Talking Miz, fine. Wrestling Miz, still don't want to give him the time of day. All right, fair enough. Uh, move on here to the Orange Bastard himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's Terry. Keith, hold on. <laughs> who, who in their right mind has 
has turned the corner on on brother man as the kid would Donald say Trump, to the wood maybe? I don't know uh, yeah kid Houchin on the UK fan forum says I hated him when I first got into wrestling the bastard always won and I hated the patriotic stuff when he was what when he was uh, facing Savage at Mania 5 my heart broke when he kicked out of the big elbow now I love him maybe because I'm old and the innocent magic has gone but I really appreciate how brilliant he was in matches absolutely top class uh, Ricky Jackson on Pro Wrestling only says Hulk Hogan is a guy I really didn't appreciate until the last decade when I hit my 30s. When I was a kid, I gravitated towards the IC level guys, tag teams, and Macho Man, and didn't really think that Hogan was that interesting. Too godlike. Too much like Superman. Then, when I was a teenager, Hogan was the antichrist for his sins against Bret Hart at Mania 9 and his dreadful early WCW stuff. The older I've got, the more I've retreated into the past, and 80s Hogan became one of my absolute favourites. His matches and everything he's involved in are just pure electricity, one in a million performer. And a Magneto22 on WrestlingForum.com says, I used to despise Hulk Hogan, but after a while, I just realised he was just playing the game, did it better than everyone else. <laughs> also, after re-watching some old shows on the network, he was a better worker than I gave him credit for. So I suppose, Kim, this goes back to the uh, old rugged Ronnie Garvin sort of line of thinking. So the timeline in, in, in terms of the, the, the timeline nature of it oh, and sort yes, of you, yes, you know, yes. backtracking and absolutely fucking putrid in those later years and oh. some of his pay-per-view main events well, we're not going to say he's good now are we um, well that, that was what worried me oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he was a fantastic baby face if you, when you look through and I remember just watching one random show once and he just walked out and it's like look at the fucking charisma of a guy's walking out yeah and that, that okay it's disingenuous Fucking, uh, <laughs> what's it, this, this, as you walk up, I'll start hulking <laughs> on the microphone. Yeah, disingenuous kind of feeling towards the fan. You know, the, 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 the Hogan look, God the damn Hogan it. look. You know, it's uh, all fake. Yeah, it's all fake. God damn, he's so good at it. I mean, I'd never had a really interest in watching his matches, but I'm not saying it from a mice. I'm saying as a star. Yeah, he appreciated what a great star he is. Um, and I, I, I will say, I do appreciate how much of a good selling babyface yeah. he was for, my, for especially for the, for the lugs he had to work with. This is the thing, I'm watching when we not first really got into analysing all the stuff it's like you just watch him and it's like he's watch his face yeah he's his giving, face is brilliant he's he the guy so much because he knows he's you know so what if this guy's shit you know you gotta get heat for fucking to pay it off so yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that um, not my cup of tea but I appreciate what he's good at so yeah, yeah at the end of the day Kieran should have touched on there old Bolay is going over so uh, why not let the uh, the heel have a bit of heat for a while you know, you know he's getting the big boot the big leg and the one two three does he does he come close to bloom off the rose? Because I know that you were a real Hulkamaniac in your young well, days. Well, that's, that's that's more the line I I sort of go because I you know, poster on the wall, taking your vitamins, saying your prayers. Sorry, vitamins. Sorry. Well, vitamins of a sort, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So Drink, drinking the milk only gets you so far. Um, but no, I but yeah, when I first got into wrestling as a kid, it it was Hulk Hogan. He was he was the you know, he was the be all and end all. It's as much as I'm someone now who would rather watch some old Jim Crockett stuff, and and you know it's it, that's more of the wrestling I enjoy. You know, when I was a kid, Hulk Hogan was wrestling, and if it wasn't for Hogan, there's you'd all be selling me out of a truck no, in Minneapolis, yeah. brother. No, but there's you know I, I think it, I think there's a it's reasonable for me to suggest that if it wasn't for Hogan, I may not have been a wrestling fan. I don't. I don't think that's too too gross a statement, really. But then we fast forward to the F U N B 
I'm going to eat your ass alive years oh, of, and of it, the wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we find it, we find that hysterical and, and entertaining but in a way for different awful. reasons. But it's terrible. It's absolutely, it's an abomination. It really is. It helped kill WCW. <laughs> I, but I, I don't even, I don't even think that's the worst of Hogan in WCW. The, 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 the FUNB stuff is as terrible as it is. I think it's is is stuff when he first comes in with the Yeti and all, all and all that bullshit. And and even even ninety nine when he comes back with the red and yellow. Then yeah, that's cack. That's Sid that's, and that's, Rick Steiner is his yeah, opponent. it's it's all hideous. And and the contrived sting heel turn that's thrown in yeah. there. His match with Luger. Yeah, and then you know, <laughs> and he comes back. You know, comes back off injury in two thousand for the Yapapaya strap match. Yeah. Uh, you know, I to me that's that's much worse. Yeah, dog ugly. Oh, absolutely, dog ugly stuff. We move here to another mountain of charisma, Braun Strowman. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling only says I didn't think he was any mo- anything more than Vince's big stiff flavor of the month until a f- <laughs> <laughs> until a few mm. weeks ago. They were doing a backstage promo between him and Foley, and Mick was asking uh, him why he was terrorizing people when he told him Sami Zayn wasn't there. And Braun's deadpan delivery of "I can multitask" won me over. Just the way he said it made me think he gets it in terms of not being just another personality-free musclehead. XL on the TPWW forum says I can't quite believe I'm about to say this on the back of a Rumble binge and having watched this individual look completely lost in the ring just a year ago. But when rumors were swirling about a potential one-on-one with Taker at Mania, I couldn't have been more against it. But now I'm totally on board with Braun Strowman. I'm not even sure what it is. I usually don't like big lumbering oafs. My favourite guys are always the ones that have toiled away on the indie scene for a decade before they make it big against the odds. Uh, or have been underappreciated within the company before they get their due. But I'm enjoying this Braun push. If they want to go with a Rumble win and match versus Rome for the belt at Mania, I'm all in, as long as it's not the main event. Uh, Mal Pescott on uh, the Facebook page says, I saw nothing in him except size when he debuted and had Carly Gonzalez shit show expectations. Having the face of a confused child with too much hair didn't help either. But from the New Day Wyatt's compound angle onwards, I've enjoyed almost everything he's done. Changing up his look, squashing jobs, improving in the ring, and his character work and coming across as a canny bloke on podcasts has me rooting for him and hoping he can hit the big time. Now pretty much the only part of Raw I have any interest in. And uh, Cobra Gordo on the UK fan forum uh, wraps this one up and says, I was fairly nonplussed when he turned up, despite being impressed with how massive he was. Who were misses? <laughs> he was fast forward material along with the rest of the Wyatts, partly due to how green he was and partly down to his weird face that looked like a seven-year-old glued a couple of wigs to his chin. <laughs> the turning point for me was his podcast with Steve Austin. He comes across as incredibly down-to-earth, and suddenly I was keen for him to succeed, and started telling everybody who would listen that this is a fellow who will go far and should be in the main event picture in 12 months' time. The brand split in his open challenge solidified how big of a fan of his I am. Watching huge blokes beat the shit out of jobbers has always been one of my favourite aspects of wrestling, and Braun does it really well. It does a good job of hiding his weaknesses while giving him time to learn how to work on his own in front of a big crowd. After a couple of weeks, Braun's squash matches were compulsive viewing for me and I would fast forward Raw to get to it. Changing his look has cemented him as a total badass and he's come on leaps and bounds while working with Sami Zayn and his segments are generally among the better things on Raw. WWE have obviously now got major plans for him and more fans seem to be getting on board with him now. Fair play to him. Come on, Kieran, I know you're on the uh, the Strowman Express. I'm drawn to the brawn. What can I say? <laughs> uh, I, I like I like something that's different. And for fuck's sake, in that company, seeing a guy who's not jobbed a week after getting put over that's it. every that's fucking it. time. That's, that's, that's it. That's the difference. See that? <laughs> I, I, I I I think I think people are too enamoured 
with Braun Strowman now simply because he's someone who's protected and booked properly like most you know heels that they're trying to bring up should be or baby faces who shouldn't look like dumb asses every week I think people have got people are so used now to seeing a baby face job every other week or a heel just be useless every other week that when one person no matter how ridiculous his face appears no, <laughs> no matter how much he's still relatively immobile and not good in the ring yeah that's that fan by the way he knocked over when he was running through mm. the crowd the, the, the fact that he just protected I think it's hated to him in a sense I'm, I'm sorry I, I'm just not on board with Braun Strowman in any way shape or yeah, form you're not drawn to Braun really not really not to the point where I, I'm looking forward to the Royal Rumble show and I'm just going to see him dump a load of people out that I actually have some time for and I'm going to find it quite disheartening <laughs> Well, this is the thing, though, with Braun, because it's like that is. I do think that's it, honestly. And I'll, I'll, I'll just, just to be clear, but don't, he's get, don't get me wrong. He's a good shit kicker. Don't you get me wrong. That's no, yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, if it's me, I don't have him on TV in the first instance. But if, but if you are going to have him on TV, this is what you, you have to do. This, this is what you have to do with do with him. I don't, I don't decry that. I don't. You know, I'm not ignorant to that fact at all. Well, it was, it was funny though. But don't you think though? When you contrast the, he's a member of the Wyatt family, a face in the crowd, he's, he's a useless lump. Again, like you say, but if you put him in the role that he should be in, and you treat him properly, all of a sudden, people are gravitating to him. And the thing is, he's great in squash matches, but so was Sid. Just remember that. <laughs> uh, that's it, and, and, and at some point, you've got to move beyond You've got to do the longer matches. No, uh, no, nah, nah, all I'm hearing is fucking caveats and asterisks. In the role, <laughs> does he do well? He's great! I'm not, I'm not arguing that The fuck that do you want, Carl? The fuck do you want? <laughs> I'm not saying he's the not good. fuck. I'm saying he's great in the role. But when it comes time for that role to expand, that's where he's... You Fine, know. I totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah. I don't want to see him work more than two minutes, but let him recklessly throw some fucking fool around. Oh, yes. That's great! Oh, yes. oh, oh, okay, well, bearing that in mind, when we get to WrestleMania... And where we're he, going live, and, and he probably wrestles The Undertaker... He ain't throwing the Undertaker around, and it's going more than two minutes. <laughs> we'll revisit that topic then, I What's feel. Your point? What's your point, Carl? You're all going to Mania, and I'm not. <laughs> Whose fault's that? <laughs> Big Vic on TPWW form says, I always like when a wrestler gets started with an unlikable gimmick and is able to get over in spite. Red Rooster. When this certain Red Rooster. When this certain upstart wrestler started the WWE with the I will eat or drink anything gimmick, including toilet water and tobacco oh. spit. I will admit I thought it was pretty dumb and wanted him off my TV. But through pure grit, talent, charisma and work rate, he was able to get over hugely with the fans and win the ECW championship in the twilight of his career. And that is why Tommy Dreamer deserves a round of applause and is the best fit for this category. Big Vic in the most this is like the longest running joke on this show it's where not Big a Vic fucking joke. finds a way to get Tommy Dream of loving just for your delight. Jim. Always Big Vic. Always Big Vic. I love it. <laughs> Fuck you, Big Vic. <laughs> Tremendous. Here's a good one, though, that I think will pique your interest, Kieran. Harmonic Generator on the UK fan form with another suggestion and said if he had to pick one, I'd probably say Kevin Owens. Uh, when I saw him on the Indies as Kevin Steen, he had all the hype and hoo-ha as being amazing, and I just saw nothing in him whatsoever. Chubby lad in a t-shirt and shorts doing flips and head drops like a f- fat white b-boy. 
<laughs> Nothing endeared me to him. I didn't like his matches. I didn't see any character. I could never have fathomed him ending up as a main eventer on Raw. The only thing I saw him do of any value to me was the tag team feud with the Briscoes in ROH in 2007. Uh, and even that was mainly to see what ludicrous bump they would do next. That ladder match. Fuck me, that was mad. When WWE signed him, I could only think, him? Why? One NXT takeover later and I was completely c- turn around in my eyes. The feud with Sami Zayn was so good, the character stuff so far beyond anything I thought him capable of. He got me uh, totally into his matches and I've been a fan ever since. I've gone off him a bit since the brand split, but that's Raw's fault more than his. Fucking hell. It's like I wrote that. It is. I you, agree with you. You said everything. <laughs> you, that, that is almost word for word <laughs> what you told me last week when yeah. you were talking about nominations. I just thought, yeah, watch him. I, 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 granted, I wasn't well versed when I made with his work when I made the, the uh, comment but I just thought he looked like a dangerous sloppy backyard well we'd seen a lot we were watching a lot of the RH pay yeah. view, views at that time and that was when he was doing his uh, period as the kind of the rebel in the company with Jim Cornette hating him and then just doing those matches with, like Steve Carino mm. where it's just it's just ages setting up like a big spark of suplex on a barricade and yeah. stuff like that and it's like this just doesn't feel like yeah it's like yeah. Oh, this guy yeah this is this guy it's not that's not He's not a proper pro. He's playing pro wrestler. That's yeah. it. He's like he's, he's dangerous sloppy. He's playing pro wrestler, and then that fucking first NXT show, and it's like they got the presentation right. His pacing was right. His demeanor was right. He was fucking awesome. And then the, the hype of NXT, and I still maintain it, was the, the 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 thought of having all these guys, Zayn and Neville, and all these guys coming in with him as the champion, and them all chasing him for a yeah. year. God damn, that was I was so fucking Enticing, excited, yeah. so excited by the prospect of that. Like booking like a, an old school territory with this, this fucking hill champion and everyone's chasing can't beat um, he was awesome they got brought up the Cena the first Cena match was fantastic the second match was even better didn't like JC winning but then the guy the, 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 the pad on the apron and got his heat back was great should have left it at that and then he wins the title um, they split the brands water down their belts put it belt on him a fucking toy belt anyway yeah a red shiny toy belt and a f- the way he wins it just fucking the way kills he wins it. Well, he, he's just pie- that's the, 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 the thing like the, the, there's always that thing with a guy who hasn't gotten to the top where you think and hope when he gets there yep. it's a big deal and for him just to win it in that way where again he's just one of the kids he's not the star and his dad's helped him win again and it's yeah. like fuck's sake and then and, and since then it's like all that early the, the and what I, perceived, what I perceived as sloppiness, which actually, when channeled, was this beautiful presentation of a character. It's exactly what they should be ramping up. Now he's got the belt. Yeah. That's that's your money champion. That's your champion, for fuck's sake. Not this comedy character who's subservient to, to Jericho. Jericho. Which, okay, is that going to be a main match or a few down the line? Whatever, great. But still, when he's the champion, the emphasis is wrong. Um, I, mean, I still love the guy, but I just think he's dreadfully wasted dreadfully wasted dreadfully wasted and I wonder if I know that you always thought the money in him was as a baby face if that would be um, where they've uh, now they've comedy comedy comedied comedied him comedied him there you go comedied him <laughs> um, yeah no money no you don't think it's, uh, it's a real struggle to get him over as a legit main event baby face baby face now. I mean I, it's, it's doable but I don't think it's in them to do it mm. not in the way that's you got to run with him as a man. Run with him as a man. Is this? Yeah, I, I just, I just don't They've see it. Lost it. It's they obvious lost what it. their position from is. Yeah, uh, and, and quite that's f- not changing where they put the belt on. No, him quite frankly, we should all be happy he's there because he's probably overachieved. Been in fucking even getting on the show. Um, a few years ago, you would never have thought it. No. Um, but yeah, totes agree with this one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's it's what without sort of 
deliberating too long on, on them. There is certainly that sense that he's floundering at the moment, and I wouldn't be shocked at the all. The world champion, is, universal yeah. champion, is floundering. <laughs> floundering and, and, and overshadowed by by his buddy, the US champ. Um, and you know, bearing in mind he is currently the champion, it wouldn't surprise me at all if by the time we get to Mania, him versus Jericho is lower on the card than uh, Triple H and Seth Rollins. Oh, it, it totally will be. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be him and Jericho. Something, US something like that. Yeah. There's not um, that in my mind that Triple H and Seth is a higher priority in that match. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'd turn the corner on Owens though, because I, I, I did watch the the stuff with him and Gennaro against the Briscoes and enjoyed. It. And there was, I think, I think the, it, some of your criticisms of him in RH are, are perfectly fair. But I st- for some reason, I still kind of like the guy. Yeah. I still thought there was something there, and I was I was hoping he would get called up eventually. I, I wasn't necessarily as big into him as I was by the time we get to NXT, and we sort of go off to the races from there. You know, you know much more uh, invested in him then than I was his, his ROH days. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not trying to say I spotted someone far <laughs> far in advance. If that's not the case at all, but I never um, I never disliked him at any point. Mm. So that's the thing it's so funny I was, because I, from my own perspective I will say like when the first time I saw Steen and Generico as a team when they when they came into ROH as a duo and I just remember looking at them and thinking there's two guys that will never make it to the WWE <laughs> yeah. fucking Generico that was the one more than Steen that's selling the fucking fish flopping the fish out water flopping all over the shop yeah that, that, that pissed me off yeah. when Steen used to yeah I mean if, if we're going to talk about someone who I've got a higher opinion of now than I did back then it's, Sammy Zane. it's certainly Sammy Zane yeah, far more than Owens for me BBA BBA on the UK fan form says Samoa Joe I hadn't seen any of his ROH stuff before he came into TNA but I'd heard of him via Power Slam I absolutely hated his luck fat bastard with an annoying gap year necklace uh, his matches then annoyed me <laughs> even more as he was crushing the X Division wrestlers I loved and doing it working a non X Division style uh, which I considered just stiff and not much else couldn't understand why he was in the then red hot division given his size he turned the corner for me with that famous unbreakable main event triple threat with AJ and Daniels. Such an incredible performance by all, and when Joe did his turning suicide dive, I lost my shit. He then had a great run in the X Division, and his series with Angle was incredible. Who couldn't like him at this point? Of course, his motivation and performances in TNA subsequently went down as his weight went up. But his 2005 to 2007 work was enough for me to permanently be in favour. Uh, it was an unexpected bonus to see him not only enter NXT, but have the second best run of his career as a monster here with legitimate heat. Uh, ironically, the style he is doing now isn't too far away from his initial TNA style, which made me hate him in the first place. And uh, Zach Malibu on the F4W board also votes for Joe and says, not a fan of his early ROH run at the time, but turned the corner on him when TNA brought him in as a killer. Without without sort of sounding too homoerotic on this one, I loved the man the second I saw him wrestling. I loved his ROH run. Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought it was brilliant as as the the unstoppable champion for the better part of two years. You know, certainly made people care far more about CM Punk than they ever did prior to that. You're welcome. Any 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 chance to you know take a swipe at CM Punk? I think is it, it has to be taken. It's par for the course, um, but yeah, no, I, I loved his his Ring of Honor stuff. You know, um, on the subject of his, his X Division run, remember as the company said, it's not about weight limits; it's about no limits. Mm. 
as uh, as sickening as that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of marketing did, spin did, there. Did they hear like the first line? I thought, fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> off to the canteen mm. with me. <laughs> um, but I, you know, the, the stuff with with Styles and Daniels is is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The X Cup Finals with AJ is such a fantastic yeah. match and doesn't yeah. get talked about enough. Yeah, he, he was he was great for two years. You know, his match with with Angle is probably the best. The first match I'm talking about is probably the best 13 minute match you're ever going to see. Yeah, I prefer, I prefer the one there. The one after um, the turning point. I thought it was oh, a really damn good oh, match. I, oh, absolutely. You know, I'm sort of I'm almost being a bit yeah, sort of sarcastic in the sense of it's Joe and Angle in the first match and you give them 13 minutes. It's ridiculous, but it was a good 13 yeah. minutes nonetheless. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he, he sort of did fall by the wayside in, in TNA, but let's be honest, he's not the only one. Unfortunately, everyone who was there at one time or another got that TNA stank on him. Mm. He unfortunately just had the misfortune of the pyjama bottoms and the penis drawing. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you, when you get to the present day, and I think one of the emailers before referenced the, the Miz being the only person on the main roster who, who he's a true heel, kind of a thing. acts like a heel... Samoa Joe in NXT is that all day long as well. Yeah, yeah I've, I've talked on our previous podcast about him. You know, his rampage when he wants to belt back from Nakamura was just wonderful. Seeing him beat the shit out of complete no marks to, <laughs> to bringing his own table out to the contract sign, and it was it was all good piece of business, as old Jr. would say. Um, which gets us to the present day, where I'm concerned by what might happen to him when he gets called up to the main roster. This Sunday car. We'll it's see. This Sunday. We'll see. We'll see. No, I um, I certainly, the rumble. I certainly never. Uh, it was never a case of turning the corner on Samoa Joe. It was more a case of going through the trials and tribulations of TNA and trying to keep the faith. <coughs> yeah, always great. Um, he survived TNA. What more can you say? <laughs> well done, well done, son. Um, yeah, I got nothing to add. He's, he's, he's always great. Yeah, we always um, Just a great performer and a real cool guy. Mm, yeah. What was that? Was that Coventry Oxford? Yeah, Coventry. Yeah, the, the bloodshot eye. Yeah. And being little Mark, I asked him, how'd you get that, Joe? <laughs> it's a tough business, kid. <laughs> also, also, he stuck his head between you and AJ Styles for a photo. Yeah, cheeky fuck. He did. <laughs> Trying to get himself over at my expense. <laughs> my, me and my good friend AJ Styles. Yeah, close personal pal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Bachenik on the Facebook page was one that I wasn't expecting to get nominated here the honky tonk man when he came on the scene as a baby face in the WWF he was soundly rejected I found his personality extremely grating but as the character went on I finally got his character and thought it was hysterical his over the top antics and crowd interaction were top notch was he a great wrestler? absolutely not but he was a great entertainer and that's why we paid money to see the honky tonk man sing and dance <laughs> Uh, this, is, this is unfortunately a speak for yourself situation here Steve as much as we love you and your thoughts I've got to say Honky mm, I I didn't like the act to be quite honest yeah uh, although I can see in the sense of he was a fucking as, ba- as bad as people might think he was as a heel he was a fucking dreadful baby face when he came in oh, saying he's Hogan's pal yeah he wasn't and his fucking suspenders the Tommy Dreamer gushed over and had come years later talking <laughs> about that fucking idiot especially the words Tommy Dreamer and gushing <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it wasn't. No a, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it wasn't until he, he uh, nearly crippled Jake that he finally got some sense of relevance, was it, with the company? But uh, yeah, uh, and, but in that middle role, I guess you can say it's kind of like a Miz. And actually, the, the Miz Honky Tonk Man comparison I've heard before. But uh, that thing of you know what, in the middle, mm. stick him in the middle. Mm. But I, I think that people forget that when he said that he was the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, that was meant as like a joke because he was so it was so far below the level <laughs> that that was oh. the heat. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Long sideburns and hair slicked back. He can get in that Cadillac and never fucking come back. (laughs) (laughs) How many years have you waited to say that, Carl? I actually thought that in the last 30 seconds. You've got like a book of poetry you've written or something. (laughs) Gregor on Pro Wrestling Only says, In 2000, my friends and I all thought that Kurt Angle was the absolute worst. I even rooted for a lot of the heels, but Angle was just a dork who won all the time. Now, of course, 2000 Angle is my favourite version. I don't know if being a kid and biting on a heel act counts as holding Angle in low regard, though, he says. Uh, Green Law on WrestlingForum.com says, I also didn't like Kurt Angle at first. I know, right? I guess he just struck me odd. I mean, I've always instantly disliked any wrestler who comes across like a jerk in real life. Not their gimmick, but real life. This is the Luke Edwards principle that we've heard him uh, talk about before. I mean, I know that's hard to judge, but some guys you can just read, and sometimes I can read incorrectly. Uh, but if I, if I accurately or even inaccurately perceive a dude as a tool in high school, then I'm out on them heel or face, doesn't matter. Angle totally gave off that read, but after watching him, seeing his charisma, seeing his willingness to put pretty much anyone over, including Taz, it struck me that maybe the guy was not as entitled as I had perceived. Uh, Andy Howard on the face of pay says, Kurt Angle, his debut at Survivor Series was uninspiring, and I immediately compared him to Alex the Pug Porto, and look how that turned out. <laughs> Kurt Angle is the most complete worker ever. He can wrestle, brawl, talk, and has a legitimate background. Uh, Daniel Cleary on the face of pay says, I've got to go with Kurt Angle too, and he debuted at Survivor Series against Sean Meat Mecca Stasiak. I initially thought, this is why, uh, why is the Patriot back and without his mask? The crowd shat on the all-American babyface Kurt Angle, but changing him to a heel while keeping the same persona was perfect. By WrestleMania, my opinion had totally changed. In the next few years, we were treated to some outstanding matches against Rock, Ray, Brock, Austin, he who must not be named, and Shawn Michaels. While being able to have both successful heel and face runs, and without the neck issues, he could have stayed around in WWE for much longer. Hopefully, WWE will give him a farewell match in the lead up to his induction to the Hall of Fame, and more importantly, hoping we get an encore performance of Sexy Kurt, I'll Make Your Ankle Hurt, at WrestleMania. So, Kurt Angle here. I never expected to hear this name tonight. I, I... Maybe I've got it wrong all these years, but at no point did I ever think he was being introduced as a baby face. No, I, thought the old, I. I thought the old American shtick was supposed to be sort of well, it was meant to be sarcastic in a sense. I thought he was always going to be introduced as a heel. And, it, it, and the, I think, the vignettes I thought it was plainly obvious. It's yeah, like he's Rocky Myers here is what I first thought. He was, you know, he, he was, you know, smug. He was smug in, 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 I don't want to say jock because he was, you know, it was a bit more sort of downplay that, but certainly the the smug. You know, superior attitude, hence, hence the three eyes. Goody two sh- in his eyes, goody two shoes, uh, flag loving, God obeying, yeah, douchebag. Yeah, who <laughs> was totally uh, like out of sync with the cool guys around at the time. That's why he's a fucking amazing heel now. Always a heel, brilliant too. Come on now. Yeah, and and the one email reeled off the names there. You know, I I'm not going to put any fault angle. For the mecca of manhood, Sean Stasiak. Well, we all know what happened in New York, Carl. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what the hell happened in New York? Um, I believe, by the way, he is recording this conversation right now as we speak. By the way, I see. Um, no, I always, always loved Kurt Angle. You know, certainly not one that I say falls into the category of turning the corner on. He was, he was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Even you know, Taz chokes him out, and he's backstage afterwards. And, 
did I win? <laughs> but, but if he if he choked me, that that's that's illegal. That means I'm still undefeated. <laughs> it was just it was so early yeah. in like his actual career. It's like you know what this guy's fucking this, brilliant. This guy gets it, got it straight off the bat, and adapted far better than anyone ever thought he would. Yeah, to the point where six months in, when he got squashed by the showster at Backlash, I was I was really mad. I was like, why are you making Kurt Angle? A jobber, like I, I was flustered to, to the Big Show whilst the Big Show's doing his comedy shit. Yeah. We're not we're not even talking angry, you know, breaking things, showing feats of strength. Big Show, we're talking smiley, happy, fucking looks like a clown. Big Show, yeah, fat clown. <laughs> weight, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking we're talking weight gain. Big Show phase here, not weight loss. Big Show, um, no, I absolutely loved Kurt Angle. Glad he's going into the, the Hall of Fame this year. Yes, it's a gimmick, it's a work. We, we all know what the deal is with the Hall of Fame, but it's nice to see Kurt get a bit of recognition and obviously something that, that is important to him. And hopefully, whilst I can understand health concerns, I, I'm, I'm hoping we may get a, a couple of matches out of Kurt down the road. Not uh, not holding my breath. No, on I that would one. not hold your breath either. LC <laughs> uh, on the UK fan forum with with one that I was shocked came up. Baron Corbin is the current one that comes to mind. Totally bollocks when he first came in. Shite body, limited moveset. Since the brand split, he's been booked well in and out of the ring, and he's a good, believable heel persona, and I look forward to watching him. Uh, John Carr 92 on the UK fan form says, Baron Corbin's really improved lately. Hopefully there's a title run down the line. I thought his promo on Austin Aries saying he'd be at conventions with Virgil was brilliant, and it was the turnaround point for me. Winning the Andre Battle Royal was a decent way to debut him on the main roster as well. And uh, SJ5522 on the UK fan form says, Corbin's a great shout. He was starting to get good in NXT, after the call-up, he joined the 50-50 club with Ziggler, but since the split, he has been presented very well. So the argument here is presentation has won them over, I suppose. I hope that uh, that title run happens to be on a rail TNA. line. <laughs> no, I, I hope it happens to be on the rail line whilst the train's coming towards him. <laughs> uh, brand split, no brand split. Booked slightly better than he was when he first came in or not. He still has no presence. He still isn't a good wrestler. He still can't talk. And by the way, he I don't he doesn't, he doesn't have a good look That's in any what regard. There's no good look. He just happens to be tall and he has a failed pro football career behind him. I didn't think he was a pro football player, was he? Well, all the more reason not to like him then. He doesn't even have <laughs> he doesn't even have that to clutch to. I, I, I see no redeeming features in in Corbin whatsoever. None. Not one. Uh, I made the statement that I thought it was just too soon for him and he w would improve with time. I'm going to stick to that statement just to avoid being wrong. Um, and I'm not going to put a time frame on it. <laughs> He's not. Well, the that. thing is, people are saying that after he's worked with like AJ Styles and Dolph in that uh, three-way match, it was really good. And it's like, wow, Dottio, Corbin looked all right there. It's like, he's with AJ Styles. Of course he looks good in there. But, you know, and that's the, you know, yeah, and the And the only bad point in that match at any stage was where he missed his fucking cue. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, again, a little rough around the edges, Carl. But we'll see. I'm, uh, the, the vote's not out completely on Corbin for me yet, but I'm, I'm, I fail to be impressed. He's, he's in that. Uh, he's, he's not in that four to six club for me. Yeah, so he's a little lower. Oh, well, I think he's a solid four for me. Solid four. <laughs> All right then. Siva <laughs> PC on the F4W board says Kenny Omega Giga. Uh, thought he's just an above-average in-ring goofy version of AJ Styles. Absolutely disliked his stupid feud versus the New Day that they kept referencing. And for a brief time, Michael Elgin looked like the top Gaijin dude after AJ left. Never knew he would turn up uh, to be a once-in-a-generation talent who can have unbelievable matches when he turns up to serious Omega. So uh, obviously the talk of the, the town recently, Kenny Omega. 
I can kind of see this one because I have, and I can sense that you can't feel the same way. Jim Cornette's not a big fan of Kenny Omega for a, a myriad of reasons. No, and I think probably that, the same ones as you. Yeah, and I, I think those reasons are justified. I'm, I'm not going to get behind anyone who wrestles the Invisible Man or wrestles a blow-up doll or a nine-year-old girl or a nine. Oh God, I forgot about that one. Yeah, Jesus, he he is capable of excellent things in the ring but far too often we've got those comedy geeky facial expressions that can in all honesty I can get into a match and he'll start pulling those damn faces and he just loses me mm. you know the Okada match was, was another story because I, I feel like it, it overcame all that but I'm I'm yet to be sold completely on Kenny Omega mm. Yeah, the, whole, the, the the Dave Meltzer, um, uh, as much as he enjoyed that match, the theory that Kenny Omega is the right guy to be the top guy in the WWE wrong is is so far off the mark to me. And I would say, as, as sort of a, a, a sonnet, I have a bit of difficulty in judging his sort of whole package in the sense of I've not seen a lot of promos. I saw so, one on that on Wrestle Kingdom and it was fucking atrocious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that wasn't good. But I think if if I was if if that's sort of the, the general lay of the land when it comes to his promos, yeah, I'm I'm just going to take a lot to win me over certainly. But uh, but having not seen that many, I'm I'm low to uh, rush to a judgment on on that that element of his work. Uh, yeah, just very quickly, I've, um, similar. Come on, that match was incredible, and he, he put in, worked his ass off, and it was inc- an incredible performance. But I, I do maintain Okada held that the pace of that match together, particularly the selling, um, his facials, and the promo are going to be death if he ever goes up and has to cut promo every week. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> no way past that one. Sorry, he hasn't got the AJ Styles, Kenny Powers charisma. No way. <laughs> He's just a fucking douche with a perm. <laughs> um, yeah, clean that up. Clean that shit up, sunshine. <laughs> Smelly meatball on TPWW forum says Randy Orton. Probably wasn't until the Daniel Bryan feud and its aftermath when I finally st- started to turn the corner on liking Orton a lot. The mayor outside of a few great moments he had. Part of the reason was him being terrible as a babyface and WWE repeatedly forcing Orton Cena feuds to be their new Rock Austin mega feud, but never working. Been really enjoying the story going on with a Wyatt since the WWE could easily have gone the Cena route and telegraphed it badly of Orton faking being bad and taking out the Wyatts and comical fashion so uh, yeah this is uh, Orton and Bray has somehow been far more interesting than I expected I know on paper when you say Randy Orton Bray White it's like oh god this is death this feud's going to be death and the combination and the stuff with Theo them and Harper together it's like yeah this is fun it's a fun watch but then again I was, I was never I, I like Orton anyway I think I mean he it's kind of similar to Triple H in that he's so talented but fucking just the act is boring yeah the character never changes heel or face he's a terrible face um, he's a terrible face character I think he's when he gets his comeback going and he's hitting that twisty power slam the people get Jim's right behind his toes oh like. yeah the, the t- toe touch <laughs> the, uh, he, it takes a special man to do that men can't normally can't do that no um, but uh He's. Um, I, I've always. I always liked him. I thought he was more enjoyable as a babyface since he came out recently. Actually, the stuff with Lesnar, I quite enjoyed when he was doing the uh, the sit down promos and talking about more like a normal person. Yeah. Again, but that's the any feud of Lesnar's out the no- realms of normality for, for 
that company so yeah, I kind of that's a bit of an exception um, just yeah it's a stale ne- never never changes normally but uh, like technically super talented I think yeah yeah, I'd, I'd echo your, your thoughts on the, on the sort of stones. It it tends to be his, it's his baby face promos that I could never buy into because there wasn't enough. I just don't think it's in his makeup generally, but I'd, there wasn't enough emotion in the promos. You know, Cena's probably not the the best comparison. Cause I, I don't want it to seem like I'd want Randy Orton to just be John Cena, but the way. Cena can go up an octave when he gets really fired up. You know, he can build a. a oh, this was on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't know if you've yeah. seen it yet. Man, he's awesome with AJ. You know, you know what I'm talking about? The way he sort of builds himself up through a promo, which I think is a babyface. There are times when you need to do that, and and Orton for me has never has never had that. I, I don't think he, I don't think he has the well in, in the charisma stakes. I don't think he's not on the same level as Cena, but uh, but I've always fallen into the category of I think a bit similar to yourself. Generally liked him, but but never loved him at any point. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, Damn Skippy on WrestlingForum.com says, "Plenty of heels that I hated as a kid, I eventually turned a corner on simply by growing up and understanding the art form behind what they were doing." Yoko Zuna might be my earliest example. I hated him because of his demeanor, but later I appreciated how gifted he was for an athlete of his size. Yoko, can't agree with that. No, no. <laughs> four to six. Uh, four to six for me. Four, yeah, four to six at best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, people can tell me I don't get it and maybe don't appreciate his nerve holds, but uh, and tiptoe and yeah, spot. Yeah. If, if if you're at the stage, <clears throat> it's that sense of he's a great athlete for his his size. What does that mean, really? You just shouldn't. You shouldn't be that fat. You just shouldn't. It's not healthy. Well, and eventually gets you, cause you to lose your job. Well, and, and a lot more, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Didn't want to go quite that dust well, for yeah, a change. It's kind of it's part <laughs> of the story here. He's talking about it, a guy of this size. Yeah, you know? no, it 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 is. But it's just yeah. He couldn't. I mean, you get so blown up. He couldn't do anything. He, he would go for a while, and he gets so blown up. He could the match with that's, Brett. At that's why he wins the belt. Gets cut short because Yoko's fucked. That's why you have to have the six-minute nerve hold. Yeah, because he's so blown up, he can't do anything else. No, I've never, I've just, I've just never, never bought into Yoko at, at any point. Mm, yeah, no, and, and, the le- and, the, and the less said about the the face turn when he reveals that he could always speak English, it's just that Jim Cornette never wanted him to. Well. I'll take a pass on that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nightrow on WrestlingForum.com says, When Mr. Kennedy debuted on SmackDown, I thought his shtick with him taking the microphone from Tony Chimmel and yelling his name into the mic twice was dumb and embarrassing at first, but it grew on me, and the writers gave him fantastic booking that elevated him by having him defeat former world champions, and I loved his feud with The Undertaker, which I feel is underrated. I enjoy the first Blood and Last Ride matches. Uh, Kennedy had future WWE champion written all over him. He reminded me a little of Austin and Rock with his cockiness and attitude. He seemed to be in line for a big push, first with his money in the bank win and then later with a McMahon illegitimate child angle uh, in which they were originally going to reveal him as Vince's illegitimate son and it's a shame that injuries and suspensions went and messed it all up for him so I think this I think this might be the, the first and only maybe guy who appeared in both Bloom is off the rose and turned the corner uh, I, I I agree with the emailer in the sense that I think had it not been for his injuries and, and us being in that phase of the uh, of the brand split I'm Quite confident that he would have got a title run at some stage. Oh yeah. Um, but when it comes to Kennedy, I, you know, regardless of his of his injuries and you know, 
any sympathy I may have for him is sort of undercut by the fact that he's generally just a dick anyway. But um, a channel and sort of channeling my inner Luke Edwards in a sense there, you know, he's just generally a dick, so I've got it's no interest in like him. Yeah, but but when he dates, again, this is more a bloom off the rose, very quickly off the rose. I'd like to add. Um, I was I was interested in him when he first debuted, and, and the, the whole shtick of you know, it was entertaining. I thought, oh yeah, we'll we'll see where this goes. I was, I was at least intrigued. Then as time wore on, I just cared less and less and less. And eventually, when he was cut, well, no one cared. <laughs> no one missed him. It's just that WWE lost an asshole and TNA gained one. <laughs> Um, yeah, saying blew off the rose for me. Come on now, um, it's it was the hint that this guy had super charisma, and then I remember you showed me one video that time in OVW when he, they're doing a big oh, down yeah, and he screams like, retreat when the baby face like, come yeah. back or something, and I thought that was funny as fuck. And I, yeah, I still use that in real life <laughs> to, to set the scene for the, for people who uh, who haven't seen this. There's a there's a backstage brawl in the car park at OVW, and Kennedy's in the sun. Kennedy's out there. And then he runs into a car and screams, Retreat! Retreat! <laughs> to whoever's driving the car. And as everyone chases him, he screams, Mr. Kennedy, <laughs> out of the top of the, li- like the limo hood. And then as the fight's going on, the car falls back and he gets out and says, Kennedy, and the car drives off again. It's like, that was pretty funny shit. Yeah, funny creative stuff. It's like, this guy's different. He's obviously got charisma. But goddamn, that act never changed. No. Ever. Apart from he started to call himself an asshole. That was in TNA. Which then never changed. Uh, it's just... Yeah, and he was very quickly became turn the channel. Oh, in TNA he was, he yeah. was interminable. Oh god, terminable. Ken frickin' Anderson. Frickin yeah, no one says no, no grown man says frick. No, grow some balls. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that either. Fucker. Doctor Who's next on the UK fan forum says I fucking hate Doc- uh, Doctor oh. Who. Oh yeah, I hate Doctor Who. This is like what a nerd. Oh, it's a terrible show. Telephone boxes smell of piss as well, <laughs> and he lives in that. Yeah, oh, David Tennant's just a hack. Wide-eyed, anyway. useless, <laughs> fucking loser. Anyway, <laughs> Michael Cole. He's your Tommy Dream. He is, he is. That's oh, his two facial expressions he has. How did he get so far with such a little talent? Like Tommy Dream has only got one facial expression. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who's next on the UK fan form says, Michael Cole, he wasn't the best commentator or interviewer when he started, and the heel character jumped the shark when he got into the ring, but he did a fantastic job at the UK Championship Tournament. I guess it's easy to do a decent job when you aren't being micromanaged in real time by an aggressive control freak pensioner. I didn't like Michael Cole. I was, the, I was not involved. <laughs> Carl, calm down. This isn't about you. Don't worry. Michael Cole was much more tolerable in the UK tournament, I thought. Oh, he, he absolutely was. I think when... Um... I remember texting you as I was watching it, Liam, and, and pointing out that I was I was enjoying McGuinness's work on commentary, and you, and you referenced Cole, and yeah, it's it's real night and day. Don't don't get me wrong, I'm not going to claim he's he was he would be the second coming of, of Jr. or Gordon solely, you know, were it not for Vince's micromanagement. But there is still a noticeable difference when Vince isn't there. It's it's much easier to listen to. I've always had. A fair bit of sympathy with Michael for Michael Cole in the sense of you know when you do have Vince constantly in your ear on commentary like that, you know trying trying to trying to balance it and sort of put your own sort of spiel across and pedal in the company line. It's got to be incredibly difficult to do, you know, especially when you've got to try and do it for three hours every week on TV. That, mm. that can't be an easy task. And you know 
other people have, have quit over the over the years over it. You know, just think, think of the amount of shit Coles probably had to swallow from Vince over the years. Oh, absolutely. In this spot, yeah, you know, it's it's why the likes of the likes of Foley who had the commentary Taz stint, Taz, you know. There's plenty of people who who weren't able to endure, and I think that in its that in its own way is, is commendable. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've never done a complete 180 and been you know wholly behind Michael Cole, but uh, in terms of where he's come from and when he first started and uh, moving away from that heel gimmick, yeah, you know, he's he's much the better for it these days. Yeah, oh, I'm down with this one. Um... Come on, we all compared him to JR when he first came along, yeah. and that's an impossible comparison. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought he gets a raw deal for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, obviously, some of it's deserved. Um, some of it is not his doing with obviously the, the voice in the ear because that must be completely intolerable. Having to read lines from a script. I think he's yeah, and the heel stuff. It was the right move to start with, and it went too long, and it was just you know the the, the execution was wrong in many, so many ways, and it over it outlasted its uh, life far too long. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think he's a talented guy who I really don't, I don't, I, but I kind of appreciate that he's he's a really good pro, and he he he's not he's not as bad as people, and I've I've thought that for ages. Um, people rag on him just because it's it's. Cole. It's Cole, and a lot of us still think it's Michael Cole. And one with Jr. And come on, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm down with this one. I'm down with this. Down with the coal. The coal right. mine. Not a coal mine, but all right. Uh, bad news. Gurton on TPWW forum says Heath Slater. When he was in the Nexus slash Core, I thought he was the blandest, most boring wrestler on the roster. Then the matches with the legends started, and you got to see a whole new side to Slater. Been a huge fan ever since. Wishbone on TPWW says wasn't a fan of Heath Slater either, but the whole I got kids thing actually made me cheer for him to the point I actually marked out when he won the tag belts. Uh, Kira on TPWW says Slater out of the entire Nexus, I felt didn't belong, and I hated everything about him. I went from hating Slater to not understanding why more people can't see how awesome he is. Heath Slater I can concur I, I had no idea why this man was employed at first he's, he's good in the, the comedy fodder role I will give him that yeah he's, 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 he found his niche 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 Nietzsche. He, yeah, he found his niche in the last um, sort of six months or so with the comedy shtick with trying to get signed to one of the brands um, and, and in that role yeah, perfectly fine I, I find him quite humorous and, and certainly Personality-wise, come on, leaps and bounds from the days of the Nexus and the Core, the, the one-man rock band, one-man rock Fuck band. Fuck me, he was yeah. awful on NXT, wasn't he? Yeah, the short trunks, the hair. Oh god, oh, all all hideous. But um, fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, he's 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 got his little part to play on the show now, and that's fine. But bearing that in mind, I wouldn't go as far as to say. I marked out for when he won the tag belts with Rhino. I was infuriated when it won the tag belts. That is very much a step too far. Yeah. Yeah. He's read the Miz for me. Yeah. Uh, but and in this one, but now? in this space, mid card is too high for Slater. He's a lower mid card comedy guy who's funny in the, for a couple of minutes to do some one wacky segment or whatever. I don't need to see him with the belts. Um, obviously, he's not now, but. Um, they held those belts way too long. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think as well. It's the whole fucking commit the brand extensions. 
I, I don't think there's a single title I really give a shit about at the minute. No, it's pretty hard. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And that's not his fault, but still, he shouldn't be in that position. No, he shouldn't. Uh, let's get to the uh, the final one that we have time for today, and obviously it's one that had to come up. Uh, you mentioned yeah, his name a couple times already today, Carl. Uh, John Cena, of course. Otto Dem Vons on the UK fan form says, as a 14-year-old wrestling fan who thought he knew better than the people that run and book the stuff, I couldn't fathom how anyone could like Cena in 2006. His offense was weak. His promos were corny. The fact it seemed like he used to win all the time really put me off too. In hindsight, it's a good thing I stopped watching in 2008 to 2011 as I missed out on some right Cena misery. Interminable Orton feud and headlining WrestleMania with The Miz. <laughs> However, since coming back, I've done a complete 180 on him. I admire his professionalism, the way he deals with hostile crowds, and the fact that he's so good at his job, and that goes for inside and outside the ring. Uh, it doesn't half hurt that he's had some cracking matches and has showed his ass and lost a bit more either. Seth on TPWW says, Always found him boring and cliche, and was convinced he had a limited arsenal and little wrestling ability. Then when the US title had a number of matches that I considered to be among the best I've ever seen, I'm now on board the Cena train. Uh, Jazzy Jeffers on the UK fan form says, I don't know whether this counts, but I do have to say John Cena. I started uh, as kind of warm on him, because I thought the early doors of the Doctor of Thugonomics stuff was hilarious as a heel. That period dressed as Vanilla Rice at the Smackdown Halloween party, when they gave him the gimmick was very entertaining. Or at least his freestyle rap promos were, but I never really enjoyed his matches very much unless they were against Kurt Angle. When he became the pandering hustle loyalty respect five moves of doom no pressure SDF white meat super Cena babyface I got even more turned off by him and became one of those Cena detractors especially when all he seemed to be doing was wrestling Randy Orton. (laughs) How many times have we heard about this feud today? When I reached a point or an age where it suddenly all clicked into place. I think it was when Cena started to play along with the fans that booed him and baited him, teasing the heel turn to huge pops then throwing it back in their face. They'd chant you can't wrestle, he'd respond by giving them a cheesy grin and slapping on the worst sloppiest chin lock on wrestle you ever saw to draw even more boos. That awful springboard stunner he hits now and again. It was like he didn't care anymore and was only in it for his own shits and giggles while he worked the internet sparks. It may have also been because of that war he had with Lesnar at Extreme Rules as well. I started enjoying his matches more, not just to see how he'd bait the fans this time, because I realised he is a brilliant worker. Yes, you can see Daylight with his terrible punches and all of the stuff people hate him for is still there, but you realise it's all part of the act now. The US title open challenge was fantastic. Super Cena appeared to be a thing of the past as he would look to be having a tougher and tougher time beating some of his opponents, and his feud with AJ Styles slash the club was superb stuff. Since he went to SmackDown, he's been go- he's gone from strength to strength. I think he's reached that point in his career where he knows people are going to boom regardless and he doesn't care. Leaves it all in the rain, cuts promos that feel much more like they're from the heart, and he doesn't have to pander so much to try and win the crowd over. It's almost as if he's free. He's not intentionally the centre of the show now, he's on something of a reduced schedule, so he can do what he wants, and I'm loving it. <laughs> Richard Fox says, uh, John Cena's ruthless aggression period, what was all that about? No way would I have known what he was going to become. Uh, B. Gillette 86 on F4W says, I hated this guy when everyone else started jumping his back, talking about how he can't wrestle five moves of doom, corny as fuck promos. Somewhere along the line I realised he's one of the better in-ring performers, talkers, and overall performers of all time. Wish WWE had ten guys half as good as he is. Josh Emanuel on the F4W board says, I turned the corner on him when he had that great run with those good matches against Umaga. Uh, and he pulled a decent match out of the great Carly as well. I've had respect for him ever since. And uh, Ted Kurtz on the F4W board says, I still hate his corny as hell. Nothing bothers me or matters. Boomy all you like promos and storylines. But found myself in several conversations I didn't want to be in at WrestleMania viewing parties with entry-level smarks yelling about how he can't even wrestle in 2011. You know how that feels, by the way. <laughs> uh, we've uh, we've, been there. we've been there. Got that um, T-shirt. I think it's only fair 
that when it comes to Cena, we uh, we give the first uh, the first effort here to the man who never lost faith. I loved him as the rapper. It was edgy and he was charismatic and yeah, fun times. Of course, the act was stale. It's hard to get heat on the guy if you know sell everything. Goddamn, when they fucking use him right, his promos are put the emphasis when the emphasis is in the right place. The, the, the actual there's a bit of angst in his voice. He's a phenomenal. He, he has he can be a phenomenal promo. Question the material is given. Whether that's him or not, okay, it's a different debate. As a babyface, he's fucking brilliant. I'm not sure how long it's probably yeah US title. That's when everyone's really turned. Everyone around. really started to get up with it then. But uh, he's, he was it's a great babyface. I mean, he's selling's fantastic. Okay, he's clunky. I know he's fucking clunky. That's fine. And his punches are kind of shit. And, and yeah, I don't know what happens to his back leg when he throws a punch and it goes up in the air. It's really weird. He looks kind of. You know, but hey, it could be CM Punk. Um, <laughs> downplay and this stuff about the, you know, appreciate you know, playing off the, the booze and stuff. That's been happening for ages. Come on yeah. now, um, and it's never going to change. Was on post some meme. He said he's doing, a, he's doing a dance to celebrate his victory. He said, "How about heel turn?" <laughs> Start doing like a little foot shuffle. <laughs> Dead. Um, um, I laughed at that. <laughs> I laughed my heart. That was hilarious. He's um. Yeah, he's, Dance he's, puppets. He's really, he's really, he's he's really good. He's, he's been great for ages, yeah. and this is the thing. Like, the, the, and this it ties back to the Miz discussion when when the Miz was the anti Cena guy, and everyone was really fucking. Oh, the Miz is great. John Cena, yes. boo! He can't wrestle. And it's like you do you realize that Cena is a better promo. He's had more good matches than Miz will ever have. Your your objections to Cena are the same with Miz, but far worse. It's, Use of it, okay. Yeah, we, I said no. He's clunky, but okay. His matches also helped by the fact that he's now so over, both loved and hated. So you guaranteed almost a great match every single time, um, as long as it's not fucking atrocious, which not really are. And they, the potential on the upside is is really great matches with mm-hmm. guys who you know other guys struggle to give a shit about. Oh yeah, and this fucking you can't wrestle. Stuff. It's just pretentious assholes. Get over yourself. If you listen, I apologise, but you're wrong. <laughs> when, when a guy has that many good matches yeah, yeah things don't look fucking perfect but he knows what to do to get the audience at the right time he knows, he's, yeah. he's not he's not a fucking moron out there if this is awesome chance translate to respect from fans I don't think a lot of people would be booing Cena by now mm-hmm. that being said okay we know that's a fucking bullshit chant anyway and yes. shows the ignorance of fans be saying this is awesome to, uh, two minutes after you can't wrestle idiots yeah you're right, Liam. In the sense of if if you are having to pick out isolated matches to say, you know, oh, he only has a good matches with him. He only, you know, if you want to take sort of a sample of Cena matches, he's had plenty of good to great matches with a whole host of other people to the point where you've got to give him some credit, even if you're one of his biggest detractors. And I, I honestly don't think there are that many detractors of Cena anymore. We've talked about this before with the. Um, don't, don't don't get me wrong. There's uh, as I see sort of Kieran sort of raises eyebrows yeah, a little bit. There's there's still a a, a a sizable core out there who will never embrace him in any way, regardless of what he does. But do they really hate him? But, or they just no, no. But that's but that's the role, but that's what I, that's what I mean. We, yeah. We've we've talked about this before. The, the Pavlovian response. Countless people who boo him do so because it's part of the routine now, and I, and I think deep down, really like him really look forward to seeing him still in this sense of we talk about him being on a reduced schedule now when he's not been there over the last few months we've all noticed oh yeah god knows I've missed him not being on the shows 
I'm happy to have him back. And yes, some of his promos when he goes down the comedy shtick can can be well, I'll say passable at best. Embarrassing. Four to six. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, the scene of comedy. The scene, the scene awful. of comedy can 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 be can be really bad. But there's been less of that over, over the last few years, and it's been more of the serious stuff and more of the passionate stuff. And when he's like that, there is no better promo in the company. You know, if 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 anyone uh, if anyone any of our listeners disagree, please let us know. But I I would argue the toss with anyone that that his promos in in the right context are the best in the company at the, at the present moment. And we we can we can talk about the clunkiness if we want to. But the drama's always there still. People are invested that much and people care that much that I think those things can be overlooked. Um, I, I'm not going to say I've always been on the scene of bandwagon by any stretch. I think I can think of numerous times where I had the conversation with you, Liam, back in the day about how much I hated him and how I was sick of him being on top and you know, <laughs> was desperate for, you know, for someone else to replace him. And God, he's had a longer run now on top than Austin did. And... God, this is there terrible. Is. <laughs> this is this this isn't fair, you know. But you know, that that's just my ignorance in many respects. I'll hold my hands and, and happily acknowledge that now. You know, the, the the company is better for having him around when he's not there. I think he's sorely missed. So with that said, this is the last one we're going to get to this evening. We are unfortunately out of time. Uh, we did have a lot of other nominations, so if you did write in this time and you, uh, we didn't read it on the air, we apologise. We will do our best to get to as much feedback as we can next week as we talk about NXT TakeOver in San Antonio, the 2017 Royal Rumble, and uh, WrestleMania projections, which leads me to the final segment of this here show, gentlemen. Carl, Kieran, before we wrap it up, Royal Rumble predictions. Give them to me. What you got? What do you got? One of the hardest rumbles to pick in a while. It is. It's stacked to these old boys. It is. Which makes you think an old boy isn't going to win. Mm. I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. See, two schools of thought. One, Goldie. can see that. They, uh, they got to, you know, I said before, Gold, they called off on Goldie Brock. And don't do it at Mania. Do that down the line. They're not going to do that. It's going to be at Mania. Yes. But I could easily see Goldie winning the Rumble and then, Brock, then going after the belt. Um, you tell me that might be done in flip reversal, which is fucking insane. Well, that's because Goldberg's working fast lane, so and Brock's not. So the idea might be that Brock wins the Rumble, Goldberg then challenges for the belt in February. Uh, that's ass backwards. I think so. Ass backwards. I do fancy that because I don't fancy. There's only so much bullshit to create feuds for Mania you can do about putting any of the, the big stars over. And let's face it, are, the old boys are going to be the. But I'm going to go thinking that. Ooh, just Owens retains and Finn Balor wins the Rumble oh okay okay see the, the last I'd sort of read or, or heard of it was that Balor wasn't going to be healthy in time for the Rumble so I was working even if he wasn't they wouldn't tell you <laughs> this is true this is true I, I, I don't want to completely uh, hitch myself to the Lesnar bandwagon when it comes to the Rumble <laughs> I'm so uncertain on it uh, if I'm if I'm going for a for a dark or someone out there a bit, possibly Joe. Yeah, uh, my, my pick possibly was Joe. Joe. At first. Heel. Well, no, hang on no. a second now because they need. They, it depends what, where the belts go. But, honestly, but, because... but bearing in mind, I, I'm I'm saying Joe on the notion that 
he's going to be debuting as a SmackDown guy and seen, as beat, an and seen as beating Styles for the belt. Think so? So I think I think Joe Cena, and since when is a winner of the Rumble in the brand extension era, had to close WrestleMania. Yeah, and that's not more happen. often more often yeah. than not. Goldie and Brock. Yeah, more often line. than not, the winner of the Rumble hasn't. I yeah. think during the brand extension. Um, as for Reigns and Owens, I think Reigns wins. Yeah, I think Reigns wins too. Uh, I think AJ will retain. And I was thinking Joe. Joe is my first gut instinct because I love the idea of Joe debut when you got all these shit kickers like Strowman and Goldberg and Brock and Taker. And then Joe, another badass, comes in and, and wins the whole damn thing. But we were talking before about Nakamura, Kieran, before the show and on the air. And I don't think that Cena's winning the belt. I think AJ is going to retain just that the build's been so one sided in Cena's favour that I think AJ needs a baby face for WrestleMania. And I think that Nakamura, having lost probably the night before to Bobby Roode. Mm-hmm. Will be in the rumble and win, and that will be his big rocket to the moon. I do, I do have this feeling for a, 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 a from fresh meat winning. I, I really think it's going to be a new guy winning. So we're going through it, and I'm thinking, okay, I don't feel Joe because I don't think he'll he's going to win the rumble. Um, Not sure if they treat him like one, but I see your point. Heel, the fans, but they're going to book him going forward as a heel. Yeah, so I don't see that happening. Naka, I could see. Because how hot would that be? The idea of Nakamura coming in after the night before loses the belt, oh, yeah. and then he comes in. Yeah. Oh, they'll lose their shit. It'd be fucking amazing. It would be, uh, be incredible. It could um, be incredible. But then, would do you have the faith in that? Do you have the faith in then to follow it up and have him win? I could see them going with Balor because Balor's oh, if he's fit. I haven't heard anything. I don't even know if he is fit. They're under the impression he's beloved. They're so wrong. Everybody. They're so wrong. No shit. Um, and he's still, he got robbed out, he got stolen out of it. So if they're going for a new guy and he's fit, yeah, Bala. Oh, God. They, they, they want to heat him up. He's triple boy. It because you're right. <laughs> just, just wait. If, if, if you're right, Kieran, then you know, it, it, does, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's, it's, you know, hearing someone else say it, it's like, yeah, I can see that. I can really see that. You're right, he's not that loved, or certainly not as loved as his company thinks he is. And then just wait till we get to Raw after the Rumble. And he cuts that promo. And then he cuts more promos as the weeks go on. And oh, oh and they start talking about the demon. With, you know, <laughs> in, in, in the abstract sense, with no rhyme or reason. And I just lose the will to live. No, you see, I've got it all planned out. It's going to be beautiful, right? We're not going to do Goldie and Brock at Mania. We're going to do Finn. It's and... happening at Mania. Shh. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> We're going to do Finn and Brock, right? Night after after the Rumble, Heyman's out with Brock, and Heyman's like, "What are you going to do? You got another talk for you." And then Conor McGregor hit, comes out, cuts promo, and fucking I lose my shit and probably jack off over a dude. <laughs> Can we cut that last line? No, no, that's staying in. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) we will be back with you next week to talk NXT TakeOver, the 2017 Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and beyond. And of course, don't forget the week after that, we will be doing the death of TNA. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody for your contributions. Again, if we didn't get to yours this time, we apologize, but we will be back next week. Give us your thoughts on NXT and the Royal Rumble on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash scgradio, and we'll be uh, running the gamut next week about the Royal Rumble. So thank you very much. Kieran O'Rourke If I hear anything on my Twitter app I can profit that me using Connor's fucking gorilla head as a cum target there will be hell to pay And for Carl Jones 
Seriously, where the fuck is my kidney mushroom? <laughs> I am Liam O'Rourke and we are out of here. Talk to you next week. I suck it through a straw. I'm a bad